Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. What is happening, my blended people? I hope you guys have been well. For those of you that listen regularly, number one, thank you. Number two, forgive me for the brief hiatus that I've taken over the last couple of weeks. We've been in the process of moving and the kids were at home last week. And you know what? I chose sanity over productivity. Like there's no way I would have been able to maintain my character if I attempted to record a podcast and deliver that heat. So forgive me again for the brief stint. But today is the birthday also. Today is my birthday. So yay for that. That's amazing. This is a gift to me to be able to record. And I'm sharing that gift with you. What you can do for me, though, as a present Go ahead and hit that rate and review button if the platform you're listening on allows for it. That would literally be an amazing present to me on this day. You may not be listening to this on my actual birthday, but let's just pretend that you are. Why not? Anyway, for today's topic, we are going to focus on relationships. We're actually going to be zoning in on relationships for the next several weeks. And I am referring to the relationship we have with our spouse, our significant other, our fiance, the person that we are getting serious with or the person that we aspire toward being with in the near or distant future. And I actually love addressing this topic because there is hardly a thing more powerful than two people coming together in agreement, especially if they are creating a family together, if they're blending, whatever the case may be, when two come together, like some incredible things can transpire. There is that potential. And I just love talking to couples or just addressing again this topic. It's good stuff. And today we're going to narrow the focus down to how we can keep choosing our spouse, our significant other, and some of the things that may come against our ability to continue to make the choice to be an intimate relationship with this individual. And I've mentioned before in previous episodes that everything flows from this relationship, the state of the relationship that we have, that I have with my spouse, my wife, tends to dictate the relationships that I have with my children. It dictates the energy and the connectivity that is taking place within our home. It is so important that we're on the same page, that we are again in pursuit of intimate relationship. And because we are in a stable, committed marriage relationship, our intimacy also includes sex. But if you are in a place of health and you have the right mindset concerning your relationship and connection with your significant other, then you are well aware that 
intimacy does not just consist of sex. For me, it very much includes getting to know this woman, continuing to grow in my compassion and my affection and interest in her. I've learned early on that one of the greatest pitfalls that so many of us fall into is the fact that we grow familiar with our spouse, with our significant other. And this brings our pursuit of one another to a halt. Like recall what the relationship looked like initially. There were long phone conversations all throughout the night, constantly being romantic and affectionate, intentional, going out of our ways to make each other happy, to please one another, to show ourselves worthy of the other individual's time, energy, and affection. Like imagine the animal kingdom right now. We do not think twice about two lions potentially fighting to the death over some lioness. And winning a battle to the death is a great start to a relationship. Way to just show up, (laughs) to be honest. But it doesn't end at that point. That lion has to stay on guard because that relationship may be under threat by some other random lion that thinks he is more worthy of the lioness's affection. And this is an extremely simplified version of what we experience. But at the same time, we also need to remain on guard. And what that looks like is maintaining some of the habits that we had initially, continuing to pursue, reminding ourselves that we have not mastered this individual like our relationship can potentially be under threat, maybe not by another man or woman that may be interested in our spouse, but it could potentially be us and our complacency. We oftentimes are the main threat to our relationship. So we have to wake up and say, hey, like I know that we've committed and this relationship is official. We have suggested that no one is going anywhere but I still need to earn my right to maintain what we've established. I still need to fight for the affection and the attention of this individual. And it's something that I personally take so much pride in these days. When you think about it, as far as a relationship goes, you you can trick somebody, you can use your words, your body, whatever, to lull somebody into a relationship really quick, but maintaining a relationship, the ability to essentially captivate someone over a period of years is so much more impressive than being flashy or convincing for a moment. Like I am convinced that my wife is an incredible catch, like ridiculous. And the word says, if you've found a wife, you found a good thing. And I have found a good thing. But there are days where I'm just like, oh, snap. Like, how did I pull this off? Like, what is going on? And it's like, bro, you better get to work before she wakes up and she realizes the mistake that she made, you know? So I continue to earn that affection. But that requires me to keep choosing her. Like the initial choice 
that we make when our emotions are high, when our hormones are on fire and we are just so enthralled by one another, that choice is easy. That choice to have that three, four hour long conversation, that choice to drive across the city, do this and that, rub the feet, whatever. It's easy at that point. But when those things dwindle and it becomes more so a response to the commitment that you've made, that choice is so much more powerful than the initial. Like the first one is great, but making that choice for the 500th time is even more incredible. And again, that's because we have transitioned from being driven by our emotions, our impulse or hormones to making a deliberate decision because it aligns with our duty and our purpose. And the ripple effect of this choice continuing to be made is incredible. It directly affects your family. It directly affects your children to be together on the same page, loving on one another, choosing one another to assume a mutual front so that you can operate as one for the sake of your kids really makes the difference. Like if you are experiencing turmoil or if there is an absence of peace within your home, one of the first things that you should do is revisit the state of your relationship with your significant other because it's one thing to be in love but it's another thing to love somebody in practice and we will continue to address this stuff over the next several weeks but let's go ahead and focus on some of those things that serve as resistance when it comes to our ability to choose our significant other And the first thing that came to mind for me was immaturity. And I think immaturity is something that is misunderstood generally, because by definition, it just means that something has not fully developed. It hasn't reached its peak when it comes to the maturation process. And this is a process that we are all familiar with because before you know something, you don't know it. Before you learn something, you are ignorant concerning that information. And ultimately, when we get it, we are more mature in the matter. And if you consider your state right now, you can probably think of some things that you want to do, some areas that you want to be better in, and therefore you're ultimately suggesting you want to be more mature in these areas. Right now, there is a form of immaturity taking place in your life, and you just need to engage the growth process to become more mature. That's ultimately what it means to go from immaturity to maturity, but The immaturity that we are familiar with is the type that suggests growth should have taken place or someone should be in a different state, whether mentally, physically, spiritually or concerning their behavior based on their age and experience. So, for instance, when I see a grown man or woman smoking around a child, I'm like, bro, 
you don't need to know a ton about life in general to know that that's not a good idea for yourself personally, let alone this little child being exposed to these extremely disastrous fumes. This is information that I'd expect them to know based on their age and experience. And for some of us that are in a situation where the ex, the other parent on the other end is saying negative things about you and your situation directly to the child, like there is the expectation that this individual, based on their age and experience, they know better than to relay this adult information, this negative information to this child. It is glaringly apparent that it's going to be detrimental for their development. But unfortunately, some people remain immature, and that's when immaturity becomes dangerous and a real issue because there is whether a conscience or an unconscious opportunity to grow and to make progress. However, there is a decision that is made again, whether consciously or subconsciously, where it's just like, I'm going to stay in this place. I could grow. I could get over myself and stop saying this, these things to our child because it's not in their best interest. I could stop smoking around my kids, despite the fact that it gives me some relief. However, I'm going to stay in this place because this is my comfort zone. This is just where I want to be, whether it's because I am a dysfunctional psychopath or this is just all that I know. And doing something different is scary to me. So as you can imagine, someone's level of maturity plays directly into their ability to continue to choose their significant other despite whatever else is happening in life. Imagine someone grows up in a household where they're exposed to a dysfunctional relationship between their parents or they are a child of divorce and they're just familiar with one or maybe even both of their parents swapping out partners, just people coming through the house and there's just constant chaos and a lack of consistency. When they enter into a relationship, what is their maturity level concerning a consistent investment in a single individual? They're not going to be as mature as either they come off or even they believe that they are. Because again, yes, maturity does come with age, but more so experience and experience in what you are exposed to, the things that are outside of your control, as well as the things that you are in pursuit of. So for me, I didn't necessarily get to see the healthiest relationship growing up. I really didn't. I wasn't exposed to that at all. And did that affect me? Absolutely. However, it wasn't just about what I was subjected to. It was very much about what I subjected myself to, what I pursued. So I recognized this. Um, early on within my marriage. So what did I do? I started to look to healthy marital relationships. 
I got the counseling because I knew that I was immature in several areas, still am in some areas, but maturity is possible. We can pursue more information and growth. We don't have to just remain where we are. And that allowed for me to grow in my ability to continue to choose my wife because before it would just be, okay, I'm not enough. So I'm going to go ahead and clam up. I'm going to go ahead and go in my little pity corner because apparently I am not good enough for you, woman. Forget this. I don't need this. And this is on the other side of marriage. (laughs) So the maturation process is real and it's something that you can engage. However, there are so many people that are subjected to so many different circumstances that molds them. They are unaware of how deeply they've been affected or how immature they are in healthy functioning. And then they enter into the extreme circumstance of something like a blended family and they are nowhere near ready to function as an adult or as a support system, as a parent. And then there are so many different responses potentially when they are exposed to such extreme circumstance. So again, maturity is a huge thing. It is not a bad thing. Again, it's not a bad thing because you enter into a relationship, you can have the healthiest of examples. Relationships require a lot. You are going to be immature in a lot of areas and growth is possible. Immaturity is an issue. However, when immaturity is chosen, when someone decides to stay, they it's made clear that change is necessary. Growth is necessary where they are, how they operate is detrimental to themselves and their family. Yet they choose to stay where they are. That's when immaturity is really an issue. And moving on to the second thing that can hinder us from choosing our spouse, our significant other, that being new information, new information can a lot of times be scary information. There are just some things (laughs) that make the difference when you acquire it. And that's why it's so important that you do your homework, that you get those big picture items out of the way as far as the things that will make all the difference concerning your relationship that directly impact your relationship or how you perceive this individual because the last thing that you want after committing or years down the line is new information that changes the dynamic of things and in my opinion there is information that you should know this is the unquestionable like yo this is important for our relationship to exist for me to know you for me to understand how we are going to work together, how this relationship is going to flow, if it's even possible for us to proceed. This is information that is without question necessary. Like, I don't want to figure out after dating for six months that you're married or that you have a kid or that I finally find out that you're unemployed. Like this is this is that upfront type stuff that, you know, at this point we can decide whether we want to proceed. And if the if he's married or she's married, stop it right now. Okay? Like cut it out. 
wait until it's official. Wait until we're totally done. Not like, oh, we're separated. We're not sleeping in the same room, bro. Wait until they're divorced or separate. Like, cut it out. Stop sabotaging stuff. Okay, that was for somebody. I'm sorry for that little tangent. But there is information that you should know. There is information that is good to know. Like, this is the stuff where it's like, okay, like I am about, we're about to run into somebody that you used to date. Um, And sure, there's no relationship now, nor are you guys considered friends. However, I'd prefer to know if I'm shaking hands with an individual that you have shared different forms of intimacy with. Okay, like this is the blended family comes with plenty of surprises as it is. There are a ton of people that have information that I don't have. So if there is an opportunity for you to inform me and prepare me for what is to come, then that would be great. This is information that is good to know. It doesn't absolutely make all of the difference. However, it makes us a bit more equipped together. We are working as a team and having this information just allows for us to avoid any potential issues. And we can be again on the same page. And the last tier is the information that you do not need to know. If anything, it's just going to frustrate you. It is just going to add another burden that is not essential. Doesn't make the difference. Like I've made the mistake of asking my wife too many questions, you know, just inquiring out of frustration and then just adding fuel to a non-existent fire. So it's super important to know what is essential information, what's good and what's not necessary so that you can avoid creating mountains out of molehills. And you also want to know what those mountains are, because you do not want to suppose that they're just molehills and then end up surprised well into your relationship. So obviously we have the least amount of information about a person as we get to know them and early on in the relationship. So as time progresses, we will acquire more information. But during that process, it's important for us to be able to categorize what we should know, what's good to know, and the things that are deemed insignificant. Because once we commit to somebody, although they maintain some level of mystery in our eyes and we continue to pursue them, for the most part, We know who they are. We have acquired the significant information. The foundational pieces are in place. So we are not surprised by any specific piece of information at this point as we proceed. Yes, we are still growing. We are still learning, but there's nothing that's going to absolutely knock us off of our feet because we got that stuff out the way early on. However, if it does not happen in this way, Once you are in that committed relationship and you get this piece of information, that's shocking. All of a sudden you're like, who are you? Who is this person? Who is it that I'm choosing intimacy with? At this point, the information that they have 
about you feels corrupted or it feels inaccurate or tainted in some way because of this surprise. And surprise is cute on a birthday, but 7.35 p.m. while you guys are laying in your bed and your significant other drops a bomb on you, that's a that can be a game changer. And it can be almost threatening to proceed because the future to some degree is now unknown and you aren't sure anymore as to who you're choosing. So new information, again, can serve as a hindrance. So there is a process by which it should be relayed in order to decrease the likelihood for these just drastic surprises to take place. And that transitions pretty well into the last thing that can hinder our ability to choose our significant other, and that being fear. We tend to have a couple of different responses to fear for the most part. We either freeze up and we go into this place of safety and protection, or we act in ways that are outside our character or inconsistent with our values. We're not necessarily prepared for something, whether there was an incident or there is just the daunting thought of having to operate in a certain capacity within your family or within your relationship. And that just causes this reaction that is unfamiliar, but at the same time, it was just dormant. And the situation kind of brought it to life. Either way, whichever response you lean toward on the spectrum, it's kind of embedded in some level of selfishness. And I don't mean like selfishness, like it's all about me. I'm just thinking about me and I'm the most important thing. It's more so like, yo, this this situation, this dynamic is causing strain on myself. And therefore, again, I'm either clamming up and I'm just going into this like solitude to some degree, or I am responding in ways that are detrimental, that are not healthy, whether drinking or smoking or even mental or physical abuse. A lot of those people are intimidated and there's frustration being caused not to excuse their actions, but oftentimes that is a fear response. That's something that is incited within them because their situation is almost unbearable and they don't know what steps to take to get themselves out of that cycle or they are intimidated by those steps because they're unfamiliar or the process just seems daunting. So when we are responding to something out of fear or intimidation, it is almost impossible to think about another person's well-being. And that's the most important thing when it comes to our relationship, to consider the other, to put them first, to serve them in a way that allows for you guys to grow closer and know it's not just like, oh, it's all about them. It's all about them. Obviously, communicate your needs and how you believe your significant other can help you to satisfy those needs and then continue to grow in that working together, working through your processes as you get to know one another. But nonetheless, there will be some level 
of fear that will be available within your relationship whenever you are committing yourself to anything, especially another human being. You are embracing something that is unknown and therefore taking a risk. And this is amplified for those that have experienced divorce or that have a history of poor or unsuccessful relationships, which is pretty much all of us, if we're being honest. But that stimulation that kind of provokes fear also has the potential to stir up some courage. So while you're in the process of rewiring and changing your thinking, changing your behavior in those situations where you're feeling as if you're being stirred up, you're looking forward to something that is overwhelming or you're experiencing something in the moment that's causing this fear reaction, you can hit the pause button really quick and literally teach yourself that this feeling, the sensation that I have, it's for the sake of courage. It's for the sake of making a new path and operating in this new capacity that is in line with my commitment and my purpose. So now is not the time to go into my shell. Now is not the time to just escape or run away. Now is not the time for me to have this belligerent emotional reaction. Now is the time to operate from integrity, to be responsible for my actions and my words. As again, I create this new path and this new way in which I respond to these situations. And I'm telling you, when you engage that process time and time and time and time and time again over a period of years, an extended period of time, it takes a while to achieve rewiring. And it's a constant process. It's always going to be a process of maturation. But when you start to see the fruit of your intention, I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing. And from that place, you are in such a better position to choose health for yourself, health within your relationship. You are choosing your significant other and the ripple effect that that's having within your family, not just in your household, but your extended family and people beyond your household will benefit from your effort to make a change in your heart. An effort that results in responses that look much more like faith, confidence and courage than responses that are driven by fear. So the importance of choosing your significant other cannot be overstated. So make sure that you are choosing wisely. Thanks for tuning in and please take a moment to hit me with that honest rate and review and then subscribe so you don't miss out on any of this blended goodness. It's going down again next Wednesday, but until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.